Give your Bibles, turn to Psalm 37 this evening, and I would encourage you to take notes tonight. Now, I, I understand if you take notes and you don't put this into practice, it will not help you out. All right, how many this evening by uplifted hand would say, Pastor, I need more joy in my life? My hands up, all right? I'm going to ask you to do something tonight, and I don't want you to tell anybody the number, and I don't want you to write it down in case your spouse sees it and disagrees with you and say, no, it's not a six, okay? But on a scale one to ten, ten being the highest, what number would you give your joy right now? Okay, just think in your mind. Many Christians give themselves about a five or six. Why trust tonight that when you leave this auditorium, it won't be a six or a seven or four or three, it will be a nine or ten? Say, Pastor, there's no way. You don't understand the trials that I have. God does. And when he wrote this in Psalm chapter 37, he already knew what you were going to go through. Nothing surprises him. Tomorrow surprises us many times. We don't know what's going to happen. And uh, you don't know, you know, maybe up in the morning the car won't work. And you're, oh, great. And the car might go out or the uh, washing machine might go out. You know, things like that happen. I just found out that our refrigerator went out here at church and second time. And, you know, things happen. We live in a fallen world. And many times we have this attitude, if I did not have this trial, I would be happier. I disagree. Because our happiness is found in Jesus Christ. God says, I change not. So he never changes. And if our happiness is found in Christ, then our happiness should always be the same. You ever hear this? And I've said it before. Boy, what a bad day. <laughs> you know what? That's from our perspective. And I'm wanting you tonight to see that God has a different perspective. I can't wait to go to heaven. A lot of people are talking about heaven. Do you realize that in heaven people are joyful? Have you ever been around a person that isn't joyful? It's not fun. They complain all the time and doom and gloom. And, uh, you know, you, don't, you want to get away from that person. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's sad that as Christians we have to walk around like it's doom and gloom. Folks, I'm thankful that we are saved. And I'm thankful that Jesus is, is coming again. I'm thankful that God's in control and we cannot control what's going on around us. And many times we want to be in control of our circumstances, and when we're not in control of our circumstances, and then we get all upset about it. It's like, God, you're the one that's in control of my life, and you blew it. Now, we wouldn't tell God that, but that's what we think. Because, uh, Lord, you know, my, my life, I don't deserve this. Uh, folks, God is a joyful God, and he's concerned about our lives, that our lives would glorify him. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, a familiar passage, if you want to turn there, uh, we're going to look at Psalm 37 tonight, but uh, Paul says, be careful for nothing. Now that doesn't mean don't plan for tomorrow, all right? It's wise to plan. What he's saying is don't worry about tomorrow. And I'm going to talk to this evening, I'm going to preach about how not to worry. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Okay, God tells us in everything. That thing that 
keeps you up at night, give it to God. Give God everything. Paul said, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Now, does Paul say, let God know because he doesn't know? We don't pray because we're informing God. This is a way that we give God our care and our cares and concerns in life. Then he says, verse 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding should keep your minds or hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So God says, you give it to me. You don't have to worry about it. I want you to rejoice in the Lord. Now David, who wrote this psalm, when he was a teenager, he was anointed king. Now during his 20s, he spent most of his time fleeing from King Wicked Saul. Now I wonder how many times David thought, Lord, what's going on here? You're anointing me king and I'm hiding and I'm running and King Saul wants to kill me. In James chapter 1, verse 2, familiar verse, it says, My brethren, remember James, the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, is talking about trials. And if you think that um, they didn't have trials in the Bible, they had a lot of trials. And so uh, I think anybody that believes the health and wealth, uh, prosperity gospel, uh, they have not read the Bible. Okay? Part of living in this earth, it's hard. It's difficult. I don't believe there's a person out here who would say, you know what, I don't have some difficulties in my life. If there is a person like that, I would like to meet you afterwards and let you sign my Bible, okay? Because all of us, it's amazing. If you don't really know a person very well, you think they don't have any trials. Lord, listen, everyone has trials. Everyone has trials. James says, my brethren, count it all joy. So we're supposed to count it up that all these things... God's in control. We don't rejoice in the trial, but what the trial produces. Now, playing sports and uh, uh, some other people, I played sports before growing up, and uh, sometimes I'm thinking, my coach is crazy. We had to run suicides. And you have to run and touch the line, you know, baseline, and then run and touch the free throw line and go to the half court line. It was crazy. And my coach was overweight, and he just would yell, run more, run more. And I'm thinking, you run, you run. And he wasn't trying to kill us. He was trying to get us prepared for the game. Do you realize God makes no mistakes? None. So when that happens, that event happens to you, you say, I don't like it. Your complaint is with God. And he hates complaining. Because all complaining is against him. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse or multicolored or various temptations. Isn't it interesting that James uses the word temptations? You say, pastor, some of the trials I've fallen into, that means without warning, when you fall, you really don't have warning, okay? And I remember a girl at um, Maranatha, you know, they had stairs and three floors and, and Someone would fall, and um, their books would go down the steps, and sometimes people would not help, you know, and they just look at the person that fell. And I mean, they didn't do it on purpose. And so when a trial comes, it comes unexpectedly. But he said, you fall into diverse temptations. Now, here's the temptation, is how we respond 
and react to the trial. If we're filled with bitterness and anger, that's sin. Don't let the sin that someone did to you cause sin in your own heart. And don't allow the temptation or the trial that God allowed to come into your life to cause you to sin. Because I know a lot of Christians today, uh, they don't go to church anymore. They're mad at God. They're bitter. They're angry. How does that work? How does that work for you? Psalm 37, verse 25, David said this, I have been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. This is what David said. I've been young, and they say that David wrote this when he was older. He said, there has not been one day of my life when God's forsaken me. And you're here tonight because you serve a wonderful God who has always been faithful. And I thank God for that. Psalm 37 tonight, verses 3 through 7. It's easy when he says, trust in the Lord. Okay. It's easier said than done. And it's easier telling somebody else going through a trial, just trust God. But when you have the trial, it's a lot harder to trust in God. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Verse 7, rest. What that word means is to be silent. Don't complain. Don't argue. Don't fret. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of a man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Now we've all been there. You watch the news, and you're thinking, okay, they should have done that. Or, uh, I'm glad he said that. And you know, your emotions are all over the place, and they have done many, many studies that people that are on social media endure more stress than the average person. And I believe with the coronavirus and people on social media, uh, people, I mean, they, they're stressed out and you say anything to them and look at them crossways and they're upset. Folks, there is a God in heaven. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, I'm so thankful this evening that you hear our prayers. You desire for your children to be joyful. And Lord, all of us, we need to learn from the word of God this evening. Lord, we want to be joyful Christians for the glory of God and for our testimony. And Lord, you don't desire for your children to be unhappy. And Lord, I thank you for those that are here tonight. Oh, Father, please encourage them. This is a life-changing message, Lord, if we apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. It was a couple days ago, and the Lord's really been working my heart. And um. Uh, he, he seemed to impress upon me, aren't you thankful for all the things that have not happened to you? All the bad things that have not happened to you? I started to think about that. Aren't you thankful that you were born in the United States of America? Aren't you glad that you weren't born in Iran? 
or Turkey or Russia. We have a lot to be thankful for. And I remember one morning, just a, a day ago, I was just thanking God for all the things He has not allowed to happen in my life. And I, I thank the Lord for Linda being here tonight. We've been praying for Linda. But folks, He's protected most of us from cancer. I praise the Lord for that. He's protected us from a bad car accident. He's protected us. I haven't missed a meal. There's a lot of things that God has protected me from, and I praise God for that. And it could be doom and gloom in our lives if we just focus on what we don't have. We need to focus on what we do have. So if you're taking notes tonight, first of all, write down, depend upon the Lord. Depend upon the Lord. That's tough. <laughs> Depend upon the Lord. You're not going to depend upon someone that you don't trust. And many of us, God is only for emergencies. If I get into a jam, I turn to God. Folks, God created us for fellowship. He saved you for fellowship. He wants to spend all eternity with you because of fellowship. That's how much He loves us. He sent His only Son to die on the cross to pay for your sins so that once you receive Christ as your personal Savior, He didn't just save you from hell. He's allowing you to spend all eternity in heaven with Him. That's how much He loves us. Depend upon the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Now people will let you down. Your spouse will let you down. Your children will let you down. And it's hard because you think in your mind, you know how many times I, uh, I changed your diaper and I took you to the doctor and uh, I, I took you to ball games and I, I took you out for a shake. And remember all the things I did for you and you let me down? There's one person that will not let you down and that's God. God will never let you down. That's why we can trust him because he cares for us. This is what Peter said, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, I'm the kind of person that when I go to sleep at night, my wife's different. Uh, I like to listen to something, so I have an earphone, and I listen to sermon audio. How many have listened to sermon audio before? There's all kinds of sermons, okay? And uh, there's a guy named Matt Slick. I don't agree with all his theology, but uh, people call in with Bible questions, and uh, he'll answer those Bible questions. And uh, uh, I was listening to it the other night, and uh, a person called in and said, uh, Matt, he said, uh, I've been through a lot of anxiety lately and, and worry and fear. Have you ever experienced that? And I love to listen to what people will say, what the answer is. And Matt Slick said, you know, I was like that three or four years ago. He said, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. It's hard. You need to trust God. Now, it's much easier said than done. The Bible said casting all. I'm glad God didn't say some of your care, but all your care. And the word care means to divide the mind. Casting all your care upon him. Because what it talks about, that care will pull your mind in a different direction. You could be in church on a Sunday night uh, looking like you're listening to the message and your mind can be divided. 
That's what care does to us. Fear is to Satan what faith is to God. Faith does God's work. Fear does Satan's work. What does worry do to us? Worry will cause us to cross streams that do not exist. Worry will cause us to cross streams that do not exist. Have you ever crossed a stream before? Anybody out here, would you raise your hand? Not easy. Okay. And especially if there's some rocks and you've got to make sure those rocks are stable and you're trying not to get wet. Otherwise, you just rub your pants and you take your shoes off and socks off and cross the stream. Worry would cause you to cross streams that do not exist. Worry cast a big shadow behind a small thing. Okay, worry will cast a big shadow behind a small thing. What worry does, it's not that big, but in our minds we make it a lot bigger. Worry comes through human interference with the divine plan of God. What I'm saying to Almighty God is, God, I don't like what you're doing in my life. If I could change it, I would. Well, you can't. And God makes no mistakes. In Psalm 37, verse 23, he said, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. So I don't know what will happen tomorrow in your life, and I don't know what will happen in my life, but I know this, God is in control. And God is perfect, and God never makes a mistake. Now, Jonathan and Michelle... They don't have any kids, but they have a dog, okay? His name is Molly. And um, Molly has an Instagram account. How many have watched Molly on an Instagram account? Okay, some of you are confessing, all right. I'm like, who would watch a dog on Instagram? Over a thousand people have followed Molly, okay? And uh, every so often, Jonathan will come over, and he has to bring Molly over. Molly's a cute little white, um, West Highland white terrier. And Molly looks cute. But there's a mean side to Molly, a vicious side to Molly. Because Molly is a Highland White Terrier, Molly likes to kill mice and little rabbits. And what Molly will do, it will grab it by the neck and shake it until it dies. I've seen some of Molly's toys, because we purchased some toys from Molly, and Molly's Shaking that toy where that toy doesn't look like, uh, the only thing it looks like it's good for is the garbage can, all right? Well, folks, that is what worry does to us. It will shake the life right out of you. Worry is a dangerous thing. You see what, Pastor? Everybody worries. As a Christian, we don't have to worry. Because we serve a Heavenly Father. We have a God in heaven, for he careth for you. Fear is generated by unbelief, and unbelief strengthened by fear. Nothing can cure us of fear till God cures us of unbelief. This is what David said in Psalm 56, verse 3. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. So David said, the time I am afraid, 
And fear comes to all of us. Fear of the future. Fear of the unknown. Uh, fear of uh, financial difficulties. Fear, fear of health problems. What David said, when I experience fear, I will trust in God. Psalm 55, 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord. He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So what is the cure to fear? Thank God for your trials and honestly mean that. I told Lynn the other day, it seems like one trial after another, but I'm thankful for those trials because those trials have driven me to God. And if things were going great, I would not turn to God. And it's making me turn to God, finding out my satisfaction and contentment and joy is found only in God. That's what trials do. We focus so much on our trial, we forget God. God never changes. He's always the same. Psalm 34, verse 14. The psalmist says, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Psalm 37, 27, depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. Now, David tells us, do good. Well, how can you do good when you're consumed with worry and fear and you're upset and you have anger? How can you do good? And what good can we do? We can glorify God. We can pray. We can praise God. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. God says do good to all men, especially those who were saved. Years ago I read a true story about a lady who had all kinds of concerns and fears and worries and kept her up at night. And she went to her pastor, and her pastor said, you need to write down those worries on a three-by-five card and find a box and put those worries in the box and leave them there. So that's what she would do. Uh, you see, she would stop, you know, clean the house if she had a worry, and she'd go over and write down on a three-by-five card what she was worried about, and she said, God, I'm giving it to you, and she'd put it in the box. And then she would, every so often, start thinking about that, Worry again, she thought, you know, the pastor said when she goes in the box, it stays in the box. You know what our problem is? We give it to God, but we take it right back. And we don't trust God. And David said, trust in the Lord, depend upon the Lord. Secondly, delight in the Lord. Delight thyself also, verse 4, in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. The word delight, means to enjoy, to take our delight and find our delight in God. Now, folks, uh, that's hard. We want God to get us out of the jam. We want God to uh, provide for us. But do we want to just fellowship with God? When was the last time you just said, God, I just want to talk to you. I just want to thank you for all that you have done for me. I want to thank you for all the things you spared me from. I just want to talk to you, God. And I thank you for sending Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. I thank you that you're preparing a place for me in heaven. To delight in the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 4. The Hebrew word delight 
comes with a command. God says, I command you to delight in me. What else does God have to do to get us to delight in him? You see, all the other enjoyments in life come after we find our delight in God. And if we have it mixed up, we're going to be discouraged. We're going to be defeated. We're going to be all upset. No wonder relationships don't always pan out the way that we want them to. It's because God has shown us that the relationship that will always work is with God himself. You talk to any couple that's been married for 40, 50, 60 years, and they'll say, oh, we've had a lot of problems in our life. I remember talking to a guy who'd been married for 50 years, and I said, what's the secret? He said, a lot of forgiveness. I thought he had some other secret, maybe, but he said, no, a lot of forgiveness. Folks, that's why we're not satisfied on this earth by anything, because God had given each one of us a void for him. And the only way that that void can be filled is by getting saved and then also trusting the Lord Jesus Christ and having fellowship with him. When was the last time you prayed, God, increase my hunger for you? Lord, increase my desire for you. Uh, we go to God all the time with other requests. When was the last time it was a spiritual request? When was the last time you said, God, I, I want to hunger for you in a greater way. I'm going to live with you for all eternity. You created me. You designed me. You gave me the personality I have. You have given me the life that I have. And instead of fighting against you, I'm going to enjoy it. Because if you don't enjoy it today, you're not going to enjoy it tomorrow unless you change your way of thinking. Because somehow we think, well, things will change. Things will get better. Folks, I'm thankful that God never changes. He's always the same. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And he shall seek me and find me. When he shall search for me with all your heart. Psalm 63, verse 1. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Now why do we get so upset if we have God to talk to? I mean, this coronavirus, and when you expect somebody to wear a mask, they get all upset. I mean, every so often you read in the newspaper or on the news, and, uh, you know, some guy in Tennessee went to a restaurant, and uh, the waitress said, you need to wear a mask when you come in here, and, wow, he got mad. He overturned a table. People are filled with anger. Because they want their way. What God is saying to us, Humble yourself. You're not someone special and you're not important. It's God who is important. And life is not about you. Life is about God. Worry has never solved a problem. Worry has never made an enemy your friend. Worry has never paid a bill. Delight yourself in the Lord. I mean, when I was at Maranatha, and uh, there were six bunk or three bunks in our room, and uh, bottom bunk and top bunk, and there were six guys. And I remember at one time, four of us we were dating, and uh, 
you can imagine what the conversation was after the devotions and, uh, you know, the lights are off and we had to keep the lights off because you know, we had a, a hall monitor that would walk up and down the hallway, make sure the lights were off and people were quiet. And uh, I remember some of the guys would talk about their dates. They said, oh, I went, with, uh, I went to the snack shop with my girlfriend. Oh, it was so much fun. And they would talk about, then somebody else would talk about their date. And then, you know, someone else would talk about um, their date. And I would go on extension and uh, sometimes I'd come back and Lynn would uh, make Rice Krispie bars. And I don't know how she did it, probably with uh, a popcorn maker, but uh, made Rice Krispie bars. And boy, my roommates couldn't wait for me to get into the room because they wanted some too. And then, how was, how was the weekend? How was Lynn? You know, and folks, honestly, when was the last time you talked to someone about your relationship with God? When, when is the last time you said, you know what, honey, I just want to talk about God today. It's what God did for me. I, I mean, I was fellowshipping with God, and wow, He never let me down. He's faithful. So many times he could expose things he never did. And he knows all about me and he still loves me. Folks, we serve a wonderful God. David said, depend upon the Lord and delight in the Lord. And then last of all, we touched on this a little bit, but deposit your burdens with the Lord. Deposit your burdens with the Lord. I didn't tell you to do that. God tells you to do that. Notice in verse 5, commit thy way. Isn't that interesting? He says thy way. Because we all have a plan for our life. And most of the time we're miserable because life isn't going the way we planned. And, and even one day doesn't go the way we planned. Man, have you ever, uh, something happened and it wasn't good and you couldn't get the car started, you go, I didn't plan for this. Like, who does? Like, who says, you know, tomorrow morning the car won't start. I have great plans that it won't start. No, nobody plans for that. And you don't plan that you're going to have a fender bender. And you don't plan that the boss is going to get mad at you. We don't plan for those things. He said, commit thy way. That means I need to deposit or give my way to God unto the Lord. Trust also in Him. And He shall bring it to pass. The word commit means to row unto. What God is saying to all of us this evening, every single burden you have, give it to God. Because if you don't give it to God, you're going to share that burden with somebody else. Because we all like to talk. If you don't talk to God, you're talking to your spouse. You're talking to other people, and they can't help you out, and they use carnal methods. Folks, we need to turn to God. Psalm 55, verse 22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord. He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast thy circumstances unto the Lord. I believe all of us could do that this evening. There are circumstances that we don't like. We say, God, I would never put that into my life's plans. But God allowed it to happen. You can be bitter over it, or you can embrace it and say, God, I don't understand, but that's why I'm trusting in you. Then verse 6, 
and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Verse 7, rest in the Lord. The word rest means to be silent. You know what keeps us up at night? Fear and worry, anxiety. And all of us, we experience the same thing. We're humans. But David said, you can rest. Because my mind's not at rest, my body's not at rest. I mean, we've all experienced that you put your body in bed, and you think, okay, I'm going to go to sleep, and you don't shut off your mind, and your mind wanders. David said, rest in the Lord. That means to be silent. I've given it to God. He's staying up all night. I don't have to stay up all night. It's his. It's not mine. Isaiah 53, verse 7. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. When they were torturing him, Jesus didn't say anything. He didn't threaten them. He didn't say, I'm going to call down 10,000 angels. You're dead. He didn't say, you know, when I die on the cross, I'm dying for everybody but you. He didn't say that. The Bible says he was silent. You said, I can't be silent. Yes, you can if you have Jesus in you. Verse 7, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Boy, that's tough. So I give it to God and I leave it with him for five minutes. Lord, you haven't worked yet. You haven't done what I wanted. Uh, I don't know if you heard me or not, but I've got to take this into my own hands. And every time we take a situation in our own hands, it's a disaster. Because we're not waiting on God. Wait to expect. Verse 8, this is what happens when I don't wait. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Now, how many in here, you like to put puzzles together? Would you raise your hand? Oh, wow, we have quite a few. Okay, all right. Um, I'm not a puzzle maker. I, I loved it when the kids were younger and they had 10 pieces to the puzzle and they're really big. Those are the kind of puzzles I like putting together, especially when they had, you know, they had the form of the piece, and I'd put them together for, you know, Jonathan and Josh and Rebecca and Joe when they were younger, and they, wow, Dad, you're good. Then my wife gets out these puzzles that have 500 pieces. I'm like, why would you buy a puzzle with 500 pieces? And I always thought, you know, it, she'd probably get mad if I just took one piece. And hit it, but I've never haven't done that, okay. But she every so often she'd say, Bob, why don't you help us? I'm like, oh man. And what she would start, she would start with the border, okay. And if you're a puzzle maker, that's what you start with. It's easiest, I think, you know. And and you know, you get a Thomas Kincaid one that is all green. I'm like, oh man. Why would you do that? And, and you should have the picture of the box. You know, the, you know the, the pictures on the box, and you have it there, and that's what it's going to look like when it's all finished. I said, good luck. 
And so I'd last for about 10 minutes, and, you know, five of those minutes, I'm just dying, you know. And, and you know, I try to make a piece, for, force a piece in. It doesn't work very well that way, okay. But have you ever put a puzzle together, and as you're putting that puzzle together, you found a piece, and you go, this piece isn't for the puzzle. Why would this piece be in this box? And sometimes I thought about, yeah, I'll just throw that piece away. But you know what? That piece belongs to the picture. And folks, right now, God is putting our lives together. And many times we don't like the pieces. We don't like what's happening in our life. But God sees the finished project. And God is saying, you trust in me. You commit everything to me. Give it to me because I love you. And I don't make a mistake. And I care about you. And I sent my son Jesus to die on the cross for you. Just trust me. Commit your ways unto the Lord. Roll them over. Rest in me. Because I have everything under control. Let's bow.